0: Hello and welcome to the Take Directed podcast. I'm Nellie Bristol, Senior Fellow with the CSIS Global Health Policy Center. Although it's been a bumpy, uncertain ride, the Global Polio Eradication Initiative continues to edge closer to stopping transmission of poliovirus forever. While the initiative has involved national governments, professional societies, public health experts, and non-governmental organizations, among others, its first and most enduring supporter is Rotary International. In 1986, the Global Service Club adopted the goal of providing polio vaccine to all children worldwide. The pledge helped spur an international initiative to end the disease. Rotary has provided more than $1.8 billion toward polio eradication since the initiative's beginning, in addition to manpower, advocacy, and political leadership. Today we talk with Mike McGovern, International Polio Plus Committee Chair for Rotary. A longtime leader in the organization, he represents Rotary on the Polio Oversight Board. Board members are the top leadership of the five core international partners of the GPEI, the World Health Organization, UNICEF, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Rotary, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Welcome, Mike.
1: Thank you very much, Nellie. Good to be with you today.
0: So Rotary has been instrumental in polio eradication advocacy fundraising and operations. What, in your view, have been Rotary's top contributions to the initiative?
1: I think Rotary's number one contribution is the fact that we've kept everyone staying the course? You know I, I think when this began, you know, no one ever dreamed that it was going to take thirty years. and I, I think the Rotarians inspire uh, all of the other partners by our continued action on advocating for funds as well as with our own donations. Uh, it's uh, you know it's been a long, long struggle. And you know we've we're very fortunate that at the very beginning, we, we saw the need that we couldn't do it alone. Obviously, we couldn't. And WHO and UNICEF came in, CDC, and you know, eventually uh, the Gates Foundation as well. And uh, you, know, I, you know, I, I don't think it's the money. I think it's the, the, the spirit, the passion that we have for eradicating polio that, that's helped to carry it, as well as so many other people who have joined and share this passion. It would not happen if it wasn't for a global coalition, a global partnership to, to get this done.
0: And you have members everywhere.
1: We do. We, we have 1.2 million members around the world. And we're in almost every country. There's a few we're not. But for example, in the three endemic countries that remain, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Nigeria, we're not that strong in Afghanistan. But in Pakistan, we have five or 6,000 Rotarians. And in Nigeria, we have a similar number. They're virtually all over the country. And when when I visited Pakistan and Nigeria, you know, it's always good to see the Rotarians on the ground and to see them active. You know, we're also, uh, India is our second largest country, and, uh, you know, we help to advocate to the government there to finish off uh, polio in India. We're also active in other countries where we, we look for advocacy to raise money, uh, Canada, the United Kingdom, obviously here in the United States, and in, in South America, uh, Brazil, you know, we, we've been very strong over the years and in terms of uh, working with the, the Pan-American Health Organization and others. So it's we, we're really global. And, you know, we, we, we're growing ever so slightly. Not much, but, you know, unlike a lot of other service organizations, we're holding our own. And part of it is because of our growth in, in Asia, Taiwan, India, in India in particular.
0: This is something that's fascinated me about this program is what the Rotarians do on the ground, like how they contribute that way. Can you talk a little bit about that? What types of roles have they played?
1: You know, it's on several levels. You know, we have Rotarians, for, for instance, in Pakistan and Nigeria who meet with the government. And if there's a particular issue with, with the program, they can quickly open doors and, you know, from the prime minister on down to, you know, the, the local commissioners. And sometimes, you know, it's that level of involvement, that level of influence that, you know, enables these countries and these pl- these smaller councils uh, to focus on polio when they have so many other things they could be focusing on. And it, it, it helps to keep that attention. We also have. Pol- Rotarians from around the world who who go on the National Immunization Days. They go at their own expense. They're organized by Rotary volunteers, sometimes by travel agents, but uh, more often by uh, Rotary volunteers. And they go, and they they, they put those drops in, in, the, in the mouths of the children, and they come back, and they're, they're our greatest advocates. They spread the word to other Rotary clubs, to other Rotarians, and... Uh, you know, it's, uh, Dr. Tedros, the, the the new head of the World Health Organization, was recently at the Toronto Convention. And, and, and you know, from having several conversations with him right after that, he he was just amazed to see that it could be, I think there were 20,000 in the room when, when he spoke. He was just amazed that of of the focus that there was on polio eradication. And, you know, in my sense is that it, it helped to strengthen his resolve. Uh, to get it done. So, you know, we we have those involvements. Then, obviously, we we advocate to the governments for money. We have a committee here in the United States. We have a a global committee. We have something called National Advocacy Advisors in in many of the different countries. And then Rotarians give money. This past year, it was uh, about $150 million dollars. Uh, to the overall effort, and I, I should say that we have been fortunate to work with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. If we spend uh, fifty million, they give us a hundred million, but it's Rotary that allocates that hundred and fifty million mm-hmm. each year. So, you know, that's how it gets. Rotarians, just by themselves, have given over a billion dollars, and with the Gates matches, uh, as you mentioned, it's one point eight billion. So, it's it's a, you know, when when Rotary started this way back. They they first had a program. They were looking at polio and other things, and they they had a goal of uh, twelve million dollars, and they raised seven million. So then, about two years later, they came back and said, "Well, let's have a goal of $120 million, which you know seems odd since they could make a goal of twelve million. They went for a goal ten times that, and they raised two hundred forty-seven million, and that was the beginning of the, the efforts to really so there was real interest in money. it
0: from the. From the get-go, from the well, membership,
1: you know, I think Rotarians. We have a lot of younger Rotarians, but we also have a lot of Rotarians who are in their late 60s and older who who remember around the world uh, seeing what polio was like and the fears that 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 people had of they you know seeing their parents in particular worried that they might come down mm-hmm. the, the, those those young people with uh, then young people with polio.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how Rotary got involved in polio eradication in the beginning? So you're saying it's some of this, the people had experienced it themselves or within their own families, but yeah. how did it decide to take on a worldwide initiative?
1: You know, I think that the, the real roots of it go back to it was a gentleman who founded the Easter Seals. He was a Rotarian, and, and back during the— uh, The teens of the the previous century and the the early 1920s, programs to help what were known then as crippled children almost overtook Rotary in its entirety. And so Rotary had a special affinity from its very beginning of helping kids, particularly uh, kids that were less able than others. And from that, you know, eventually— You know, we we had had different programs piloted in different countries. Every Rotary Club's autonomous. Uh, they, They choose their own programs, their own actions. But eventually in the Philippines, you know, they were looking at, well, you know, Canada doesn't have polio. The United States doesn't have polio. Why? What about the kids in Philippines? Why should our kids have polio? And they approached Rotary International, but they did a lot on their own in the Philippines. And they said, we're going to eradicate polio in the Philippines. And this was back in the very late 70s. And uh, they did it. And as a result, there were a couple of Rotarians. We were looking for a project for our 100th anniversary, a big goal. And so we decided the goal would be to eradicate polio. And then only after that, you know, people looked at us, thought we were a little crazy. Uh, But then we went out and raised that money. They thought we were less crazy. And, uh, you know, from that, we had some tremendous allies, particularly at UNICEF and WHO early on that – Saw the potential of eradicating a disease, the second disease after smallpox. So mm-hmm. It's you know, it's you look at Rotary and you think of Rotary, and you oftentimes you think of, uh, you know, I don't think people have the impression that we can accomplish as much as we can in, in have and have been are doing, and you know, we, we're, we're proud of it, but we're also happy to work with the other partners, and uh, you know, it's uh, for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to come on to join us. Uh, you know, it was pretty significant. And, you know, Bill Gates obviously himself had a, a lot of focus on immunizations. But he—it he, he uh, it was actually his father first approached Rotary. Rotary approached his father. Uh, his father was the the original chair or co-chair of the, the foundation. And uh, he came to a couple of Rotary events, and suddenly they came back with this offer to— to have this challenge grant, because the program was stalled out at that point. We had gotten down to the same number of cases year after year, about 2,000. And it needed a spurt, and part of it was Gates, uh, the Gates Foundation coming on the scene, doing this match with Rotary, but then taking on a lot on its own. And they're, they're just tremendous partners. And, you know, some people, Rotarians sometimes make Bill, Bill Gates gets all the credit. Bill, You know, I, I look at it. Who would not want one of the, you know, probably the most generous philanthropist in the world, to choose as one of his top two or three uh, programs the same program that that we we had proposed all those years before. So, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, we would the, the cases are going down. We're getting close. We're not quite there, but I'm I'm hopeful we we're, we're, we'll soon be at the point where we have no.
0: Um, what do you think Rotary's chief lessons learned are from the polio experience? I mean, you're kind of in a unique position as a service club and sort of part of this big international public health push. You know, I
1: I look at it, you know, I think there have been quite a few efforts to, to involve service groups, to involve other organizations. In, in many respects, Rotary was the first group that sort of went in and took on a major health initiative. And I think one of the lessons learned is, you know, don't be afraid to think big. Don't be afraid to get into an area where you might not have the greatest expertise because there are other organizations out there that do have that expertise. I think another lesson learned is that, you know, when we look at it, you know, what do we do after polio? And I think a lesson learned is whatever you do has to have the ability for Rotarians not only to give money but to to have their hands-on involvement across the globe. And, you know, I, th- I think whatever project anyone, you know, it, it's, it would be a lessons learned, is that you need, if you're going to work with a group like Rotary or Rotary, you need to have an opportunity to, to have that hands-on involvement. You know, I think the other lesson learned is is that you need, you definitely need the expertise. You know, it's, we're so fortunate, for example, the, the Centers for Disease Control and the surveillance network that they have, the the, the laboratories. I can't say enough about how helpful it is to know that everything is scientifically researched, scientifically based. Uh, you know, be, beyond that, I think the lesson learned is to expect the unexpected. You know, it's if Rotarians had known 30 years ago that would still be doing this 30 years later, probably never would have done it. But you know, I think the, the other piece is you need to innovate along the way. You need to change along the way. You know, the program is not what it was 30 years ago. It wasn't what it was 20 years ago. It wasn't what it was 10 years ago. And you've you got to bring in new people. You need to fund research even while, while you're doing it. And I think that's something, uh, you know, we, we devote a certain percent of our, our budget to research, and that has really helped with some innovations in uh, the, the way the, the vaccine is delivered, fractional doses, uh, some of the other things that have helped us get through some of the, the more challenging times. The, the, the other, the One of the pieces, you know, one, one of the challenges we have with polio. Is that you really need to involve local communities, local people, and when we look at polio in the last few years, the the trend to having community-based vaccinators, to having women in particular, because most of them are women, uh, doing the actual giving of the polio drops, people they know in their communities. I think you know that that's been instrumental, and again, just like we want Rotarians involved around the world. The, the, the service delivery component of whatever you try to do globally, I think it's a lesson learned uh, through, throughout the partnership is that in the end, it has to be delivered by local people who who have confidence in the community and have confidence in the program.
0: And so you're saying that the number of cases is going down, and so there's talk at, at some point of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative winding down and dissolving. And so over the next few years, what role do you see Rotary playing in ensuring Essential polio functions are maintained as long as they need to be, and I might have to just uh, define what essential polio functions are. There's a there's a need to continue with polio immunization and surveillance and um, outbreak response for some years down the line, yeah. just to ensure that the virus is completely gone.
1: Right. It's uh, as you've said. It's, it's it's all of those things, and you know, even after the world is certified as polio free, there's, there's a period of about nine years where we still have to give the inactivated polio vaccine to 400 million kids. That's going to take some some money. Rotary has, has agreed that, uh, the, our board of directors has agreed, that following certification that we will still, we, we're not going to continue to actively fundraise from our members, but that we'll, we're going to, going to set aside sufficient funds, and we already have set aside over a million dollars, to continue to our program of advocacy to Try to persuade the U.S. government that it's still their best investment. The the European Union, the Japanese government, and all of the other major donors. And I I think that's significant. You know, some Rotary was kind of you know we're not we we don't think of ourselves as lobbyists, uh, but yet we are. And some people are a little uncomfortable with us spending money to hire professional consultants. But you know when I look at it, for the very little amount we spend and the investment that pays off, so. Uh, the investment that that it pays off with 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 that advocacy, it's well worth doing. So that's going to be continue to be our role. Plus, I think it, again, as there's issues in in more localized uh, areas, Rotarians I think will continue to be called on to influence this government official or that government official to you know come on when we need help to make sure this program continues. It, it, you know, and, and the, the plan is is to. Uh, largely uh, incorporated with the routine immunization programs of the different countries. But but a lot of them have been funded by the polio program. A lot of the the different individuals who work in the polio program are also working on these other immunizations. And, you know, one aspect that I think Rotary will continue to do is to advocate to all these countries where the program still exists, what we've been largely funding, is for the government to pick up a a larger share of that. And, And we've had mixed results with that. Uh, we've had all of the different countries that we work in now have come up with country plans of what they're going to be doing post-certification. But no one, with the exception of India, who's done a good job, no one has brought it to the level of getting the government's uh, commitment that they're going to, to fund it. And some of, the, and not all the countries obviously can fund it. There's more. We believe there's more countries than now fund it that are able to. But there's still some fragile countries that we're going to be advocating Rotarians to uh, have the global community still support them financially.
0: What countries are you talking about there? Like South Sudan, I guess exactly. is
1: one of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, when, I'm always yeah. hesitant to mention, you know, <laughs> you know, everyone sort of knows the countries. Right. But I, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah. But um, so you when you, South
1: Sudan's always right. at the top of the... In South <laughs> Sudan, we we had a meeting mm-hmm. of the Independent Monitoring Board uh, about a year or so ago, and when they heard that GPI, the, the Global Polio Eradication Initiative, was going out of business, you could see the panic on their faces, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know we reassured them that we're not going to leave them without resources they need to take care of the, the, the basic immunization and health needs of uh, the people.
0: So when you go approach the U.S. government, what is your argument for continuing investment in polio?
1: You know, first of all, I'd like to say the U.S. government has been 100 percent supportive through administration after administration, changes of political parties in in both uh, the executive branch as well as the the legislative branch. Our our argument is basically that as long as there's a single polio case, there's a danger of polio coming back anywhere, that this program uh, also provides all these other particular services uh, that help out with routine immunization, malaria, measles, uh, so many other programs. Uh, we, we often use the example of uh, Margaret Chan, the former head of the WHO, is, and uh, Tom Frieden, the former CDC director, both gave credit to the polio program, that it was the resources of the polio program that stopped Ebola, they feel. Uh, back uh, a couple of years ago when when that was really spreading quickly in Africa, and they said if it wasn 't for the the polio program uh that it it very likely uh would not have happened and and you know and, and that seems to be convincing to the to the the u s government as well as to you know m- you know all of the major governments that have been with us stay with us uh, they don 't go they 're all committed they show up at all the meetings uh Uh, You know, I just love seeing it. And, you know, from Monaco to, you know, the U.S., uh, you know, it's been—and even, you know, Theresa May, as we uh, tape this, the current prime minister uh, of uh, the United Kingdom, you know, she herself has gone to a number of events uh, related to polio. The the majority leader of the U.S. Senate himself, a polio uh, survivor, uh, you know, he's been very supportive, so— it's you know the U.S. government. It, it, we got to be a little bit careful because they're so with us that we we don't try to oversell to them. But they're very they're very supportive, very generous, and uh, you know we also have we we have a lot of meetings with them throughout the year, both with our consultants as well as with individual Rotarians who run a committee, mm-hmm. and and we also encourage when a lot of the the politicians go to Rotary meetings uh, when they're uh, back at home and. We encourage Rotarians to bring up polio with them. It seems to be successful.
0: So last question, I and mean, you touched on this a little bit, but is Rotary planning involvement in other public health campaigns in the future? You
1: know, R- Rotary uh, has been working on other public health campaigns you know, over the years, none to the, the extent of polio. But you know, we've, we're very active in various literacy programs, in, uh, particularly in, in the wash sector, water, uh, uh, sanitation. And, you know, everyone wonders what we're going to do next. And, you know, we haven't decided yet. You know, we want to get rid of polio first, uh, working with our partners. Uh, but, yeah, we, we're going to continue to work. Uh, mo- most of what we do, we have uh, areas of focus that are very closely aligned with the, the sustainable uh Development Goals of the United Nations and uh, all of those different areas we're now working in. You know, we're spending $150 million a year on polio. All the other programs combined, at the international level, we're spending about a little over $100 million a year. But then every Rotary Club, you know, in fact, I was just looking at my own Rotary Club this afternoon. I got a copy of what, you know, we spent $80,000 as a club last year on on everything from scholarships to helping out with the food pantries, uh, helping youth with leadership skills, and uh, you know, it's and that happens, you know, I think all over the world. You know, I, I see hospitals and other things with the Rotary wheel on the outside where Rotary's helped. So we're going to continue, you know, as long as our membership stays strong. We expect it will. You know, I think it's a good future ahead for for Rotary, and I think it's a, you know, a better future for those that we that we seek to help.
0: So thank you for joining us for today's Take as Directed podcast episode featuring Rotary International, Mike McGovern. Please join us for future episodes and visit the CSIS.org Global Health Policy Center program page for upcoming events and recent publications.